I am Liz Wright. Welcome to Live Your Best Life. The only thing that matters now is living by the power of this wonderful new creation life. We're going to become an undefeatable force of radiating glory, and we are rising up strong now in this hour. Hi, family. Thank you for joining in to what's going to be a seriously empowering conversation that you are going to listen in on today with my very, very special guest joining me. So welcome, welcome, of course, to this week's episode of Live Your Best Life with me, Liz Wright. And my special guest joining me today has, for over 20 years, he has served the persecuted church around the world. And the experience that he's had, he has poured into a recent book that is just full of power tools, power tools for living the victorious life in Christ. He's also the host of Encounter Today, the Encounter Underground podcast, and he's founder of the Encounter Christ Church. It is my joy to welcome into the conversation today, Alan DiDio. Alan, welcome. Uh, it is it is such a privilege and a pleasure to be here. I already feel the presence of God already Hi. on your program and it's it's such a joy to see that off camera that you are just as anointed and the glory of god is just as strong as it is when you're on camera and we're so honored i can't wait to see what the holy spirit does here with us during Aww. our time together me too i'm so excited and i know the presence of god as we prayed before we came on air mm -hmm. was just so strong and yeah i can feel his presence now so be expecting guys you know open your heart to him listen to what the lord's saying to you today because there will be life transforming keys that you, that you are about to hear so okay so to begin alan tell us a little bit about how your, your testimony is so powerful, how you came to really be walking deeply with Jesus and knowing the reality of the realm of darkness and, of course, that Jesus is king. Yeah, the, the book is the first time that in print I go into explicit detail about my mm. testimony from being a radical atheist who had been in jail more times than I'd like to admit by the time I was 17 years of age. And why this is so important, why I want every single one of you who are watching this, who are listening to this, to make sure you share it, because you know a lot of people whose minds and whose lives are being dominated by demonic power, and they don't even know it. They think that their thoughts are their thoughts, and they're not influenced at all. So that's why I think this testimony is so important. So at 17 years of age, uh, and, and I go into extreme detail in the book, so I'll just jump to this part of it. I'd gone to a church fellowship. It was a youth group gathering. The Spirit of God had already been dealing with me, but I was an atheist and I was just set in my ways. I despised Christians. I, they were, most Christians I knew were Christian atheists. You know, they're the kind who claim they believe in God, but they live like he doesn't exist. And I think that's that's a persistent problem in the modern church today. We have many who say they believe in the tenets of the faith, yet their life doesn't portray that they have possession of an eternal God, that the greater one is living on the inside of them. And so that hypocrisy in and of itself had turned me off to Christianity. And I had approached this youth group. It was free food. It was fun. And so that's the reason I was going as an atheist. And as I walked into the church, I remember feeling the overwhelming weight and this burden, this oppression, as these thoughts were dominating my mind. You don't believe in any of this. Get out of here. You don't want anything to do with these people. You'll not attend church. You're not even going to get up early on a Sunday morning and go to go to church. And so I'm just bombarded to the point that I just felt 
depressed by this overwhelming weight that was on my shoulders. And so as everybody else was playing at 17 years of age, you can imagine how loud a room full of teenagers is who were foosball and ping pong and pizza. And I go and sit over in a corner. And when I sit down, it was as if I was sucked into a tunnel physically or sucked underwater. And if you've ever been underwater and you could hear sound outside the water, but you can't make out what's being said. It, it shook me to the point that I looked up and I could see people's mouths moving, but I could not hear the words that were coming out of their mouth. All I could hear audibly were those thoughts were now the voice of Satan. I could recognize that it was the voice of Satan trying with every ounce of strength he had to keep me from giving my life to Jesus. And I think a lot of people are in that place in their life. Some Christians are in that place where Satan is tormenting their minds and trying to keep them, maybe not from giving their life to Jesus, but from taking that next step to take possession of what God has for them. And he's just bombarding their minds with doubt and unbelief. And what God did for me is what I believe he's about to do for some who are listening to this right now. Like in the Wizard of Oz, when they removed the curtain and they could see who was really doing the talking, God is about to remove the curtain so that you could see who's doing the talking. And the first thing I noticed as a 17-year-old atheist, hearing the bone-chilling voice of Satan. And when I think of it now, I still get chills when I consider it. Here's what I recognized, how weak and how desperate he was in that moment. And I didn't know what to pray. I, I, I thought the red letters in the Bible were the words of the devil. I had no church experience whatsoever. I thought the ribbon was the handle. I, I honestly knew nothing. All I knew is if Satan is real, then God must be real. And so in my heart, I simply said, Satan, you can't have me anymore. I realized he had been dominating. I thought these thoughts were mine, these arguments, these, these doubts were mine. And I realized he's been inserting these thoughts. So I said, Satan, you can't have me anymore. Jesus, I'm all yours. And at that instant, there was just a release and a relief that came to me, but it wasn't complete yet. I felt like I had to tell everybody in the room I didn't know with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made to salvation. So I made everyone stop the music, everyone stop doing what they were doing, and I shared what had just happened to me in tears. And I was born again, radically born again, to the point that the next Monday at school, I'm carrying a Bible under one arm, witnessing my faith, and a few months later, I'm in Bible college and working in full-time ministry. And it just... I was so in that moment, I was born in the heat of battle. I saw the battle that was taking place. And so from that time to this, I've committed my life to showing believers, helping them see what's really happening. Because so many are just kind of sitting back and thinking, well, if God wants me to have it, he'll give it to me. And, and they don't realize that God has laid out many great and precious promises, but the enemy is trying to rob you of them. And all you need are the right weapons to go against yeah. it. So you can take back what the devil's stolen from you. Wow. Wow, <laughs> Alan. My gosh. <clears throat> what a way to come into the kingdom. Hallelujah. And you can you can hear it, like the authority that you carry. Okay. So mm -hmm. I want to dive forward, Alan, into your book because your book is the experience, the experience that you've walked in in God, for the revelation that you've walked in in God, what you've seen in the persecuted ch in churches around the nations over the yes. years. It's just it's full of power. So uh, this is, I wanted to read this. This is a quote. It's something that as I was reading through the book, it just went, woof, it's like so impacted me. You said, God is opening his armory 
and releasing weapons of warfare that have not been seen for generations. And I just sat there and thought, man, wow, for such a time as this. So what I wanted to ask you, obviously, the book is full of strategies for how you actually unlock the armory of God. Mm -hmm. So for people, because I know many of you, because you write in and there's a lot of stuff happening. People are pretty overwhelmed right now, as you know, you know, there's a lot of fear. So if people are on the back, feeling like they're on the back foot and they are not getting the victory yet in the battle against the realm of darkness that they are experiencing, where do they start, Alan? What would you say is like, where do they start? This is so important. And so first, I think warfare awareness is the key. I yeah. even quote um, some people who go in and train militaries and and help with strategy. And they say, even in a situation where, where a life-threatening situation, you have someone with a gun, someone with a knife, and someone who has neither, but they are aware. They have warfare awareness, situational awareness. They're more likely to survive the situation than even the person who has the most powerful weapon. And so I think one of the problems has become is that Christians have become war weary. And mm-hmm. this is the strategy of the enemy, according to the book of Daniel, that he wants to weary the saints and he wants to wear you down to the point that you can, you, some some people are just kind of, they're just trying to keep their head above water right now. And I, I want this book to reinvigorate their fighting spirit. And I remember where I was, I'm sure those of you that are listening to this do as well on 9-11, when when those planes crashed into the World Trade Center, the Pentagon, and a field in Pennsylvania. And we were just taken back. I mean, we were knocked back on our heels. Like you mentioned, many, many are feeling that way right now after 2020 yeah. and 2021. We're just kind of, where did this all come from? And yeah. it was interesting, out of all the deliberations and out of all the Senate hearings and the thousands of pages that were written to say, how could a, a ragtag group of people from a backwater in a desert somewhere Take the greatest superpower in the world and knock it back on its heels. And that's where we are right now, by the way, as a church. We are the greatest special interest group. We are the most powerful organization on the world. And yet 2020, 2021, 2022 have knocked us back on our heels. And, you know, it's summarized by this. They were at war with us, but we were not at war with them. And that's how we got to the situation. And we, it's the same thing when we were coming into World War I. We didn't want to engage because we were just war-weary. We are just tired. World War II as well. We're just tired. And when you're tired, that's when the enemy can come in and take more ground than he should, pinch by mm-hmm. pinch and inch by inch. But the first step is awakening to the, the, the reality of the war. If I could use this, if I could summarize it with this illustration. Mm-hmm. Warfare awareness will transform your Christianity in every single aspect. It's similar to going to the grocery store. Most people do that without a thought in their mind. They're, they get out of their car, they walk in, they're scrolling through their phone, they're sipping on a latte. But what if you had gotten word that there had been four armed robberies that week in the parking lot? You still need to go into the grocery store to get your food, but now the way you approach it changes. Now you're not just mindlessly scrolling through your phone. Now your head's on a swivel. Now you're looking around. You might have your keys protruding through your uh, your fingers and your fist or mace or whatever the situation may be. Every your Everything changes because your awareness of the threats around you has changed. And I think that's what needs to happen in the body of Christ. It'll change how you pray over your food, how you pray for your leaders. It'll change how you go to church because now you're not just going to scratch a religious itch. Now you understand I'm in a battle and what's going to happen here at 
churches. I'm going to get equipped for the battle. And so I think the first step is allowing the Holy Spirit to bring a revelation of warfare awareness. Mm, that's so powerful, so powerful. And the the capacity that we have now in Christ to live from mm. the finished work of Golgotha. Yes, I love from that. the finished work. It's, yes. I love that. It's throughout your book is the victory. It's the yes. victory, establishing the victory. And it is, it's really, really empowering. It does reinvigorate you and it causes you to stand up on the inside again and operate and re remember that we're government. We mm. have governmental capacity through our union with Jesus now. It's just so powerful. Okay, there was, there's so many, so many things I want to ask you about, but um, talk to us about rediscovering Goliath's sword. Oh, okay. I love that. Oh my God. Well, this is, this is a word for you, right? This is, I think you're one of the key ministries that this really applies to, but every believer needs to understand this, that one of the strategies of God throughout history has been to take the weapons the enemy has forged and then turn them against him. You know, we often say what the enemy meant for evil, God will turn it around for good. And we don't even really understand what we're saying when we say that. When we see Haman build gallows in order to kill Mordecai and to destroy the Jewish people, what happens is before he can have a ribbon cutting ceremony, he finds himself at the end of a rope on those gallows. And the same is true throughout history. Satan constructs a cross, the most horrific form of execution known to man, meant to shame anyone who would think of following someone who was crucified. And Jesus turns it into a symbol of hope and of freedom and of liberty. So this is the modus operandi of God. And when we talk about Goliath's sword, here's the revelation. When David slew Goliath, it wasn't just with a stone. If you read the narrative, after he hit Goliath with a stone, he climbs up on his defeated carcass, unsheaths Goliath's own sword, and then separates his head from his shoulders. And what we're seeing there is David is using enemy technology in order to overthrow the works of darkness. And what I compare that to in the book is I try to help believers understand that social media, technology, your phone, is not just a device of convenience. It is a weapon that was constructed by the enemy to destroy the church of God. But what if, what if we climbed atop the enemy's defeated carcass who was defeated at Calvary? And what if we began to use it against him? What if we looked at every share of this program, those who watch your program, who are connected with it, and they become intentional. They set reminders on their phone. And when they hit share, they pray in the Holy Spirit because they recognize this is a weapon that's being wielded in the hand of God to bring an end time awakening. We think we want the move of the Holy Spirit like we saw in the book of Acts, but we have it right at our fingertips. When we see Philip being translated, for example, some 30 miles by the hand of God, and we think, oh, how much we would love to be translated. We could be sitting right here, and then in a moment we'd be in Africa preaching, and then once we're done, we're right back where we were preaching. And But I want to ask you this, what's more powerful? being translated or having the power to translate someone. Ooh. Ooh. And what happens is now through technology, when you share, you have the power to translate the message that's being preached here in this interview into someone else's home across the world. You don't even realize what you're doing when you share, when you like, when you comment, how you engage the algorithm and that weapon becomes now used for God's kingdom instead of against it. So I'm gonna encourage everybody who's listening to this right now, hit share, but do it intentionally 
with revelation. Pray in the Holy Spirit. You know, we used to do these with tracks, you know. You would place a track somewhere, and you would pray in the Holy Spirit and pray, God, whoever runs across this, let it be the right person. And now we just kind of mindlessly, you know, we share because, you know, someone tells us to, or we thumbs up because someone tells us to. No, no, no. Let's do it with intention and use it as a weapon in the hand of God. Oh my gosh, that's just so powerful. It's redemptive perspective, isn't it? It's like uh, you're Yes. It's it's looking at it's spiritual intelligence, right? Mm. You're literally just looking through the heart of God at the through the mind of God at the situation so that yes. you can come and agree with him and like you say then everything is working together for good for the good of those who love God and according called according to his purposes and everything then becomes a weapon to implement the victory yes. and extend the kingdom it's profound oh my gosh okay there was something else let me just find the quote i was just reading your book with notes like oh my gosh and that <laughs> and that and that okay there was um it was to, it was opening portals oh for military provision to be transferred through prayer. Let's go there. Let's go Let there. You, let's go there. Oh my gosh! So for those who don't know my my background, before I was a preacher, I was a prayer, and I ran an international prayer center where I worked um, multiple hours, of course, full time every day, more than full time overtime every day, and I I ran this prayer center for years, and in that time, I prayed for more than a hundred thousand people one-on-one, -on -one, just one-on-one -on -one praying, not in groups or it's not counting services, just praying for people who, you know, pray for my lost loved one and pray for healing in my body. And, and through that time, I learned how much I don't know about prayer. You come out of that experience realizing that you're never going to get to the place where you know, you know, you're, you're like a prayer expert. You get to a place where you just get hungry. You just want to learn. I think power and prayer rides on revelation, that there's a continual unveiling and uncovering. And when something's uncovered, a, a transition takes place or a transfer takes place in the uncovering where we take possession of what we're praying for. But, but I say all that to say this, that after 100,000 people, I began to see what worked and they prayed this way and, and they did this and this seemed to work and that, that seemed to work and 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 I and I remember that as I looked at that I thought wow if if people would just implement these these little strategies just these little things small tweaks lead to great peaks and if we could just get these things implemented in people's prayer lives they would see it and so I would I would begin to share these with people and they would see the same victory over and over again and I think we have, and one of the things I do in the book is each chapter I try to take some example from military history, from a war, from a battle, something that really illustrates the point that God is trying to communicate to us in His Word. And what we see is that rations and provision are key. And so militaries can't only just kind of attack a front line or go after an army, they have to have a plan for provisions to come and sustain that army. And I think that's what prayer is. Part of its purpose is to provide a portal in order for there to be provisions released to the body of Christ. In fact, we have secular people right now, uh, scientists and, um, and others like Eric Weinstein, who's, who's not a believer, he's an atheist as far as I know, but he has looked at the mythology of portals across culture whether it's you know um, uh, nine and three quarters, or whether it's a wardrobe, or whether it's uh, uh, a red pill in the Matrix, it seems like across culture and across a nationality, there's this mythology of a portal. And he's asking the question: Could it be that around every corner there are portals to another universe? We had the um, uh, I wrote it down the 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 
um, Oak Ridge National Laboratory in Tennessee has been doing scientific experimentation, putting tens of thousands of dollars behind trying to create a portal to another dimension. Of course, you and I know as believers, yeah, there is another world and there is a portal. It's called prayer. And if we can learn to open that up in the name of Jesus and use that as a way to receive provision from heaven for the fight that's in front of us, then we're going to see a major difference in our prayer effectiveness. And so we go into extreme detail into how to build a bridge in prayer that can bring across the provisions we need to fight the battles that are in front of us. Oh, it's just part. It's just powerful. Can you can you unpack that a little bit more for us, like the how to, you know? So give us an illustration of where you've done this successfully, or you've seen it in the persecuted churches, you know, where this has happened. Oh, uh, so that's that's huge. Our work in the persecuted church has been so enlightening. Yeah, because we've I'm I've sure. traveled to Pakistan and and we've smuggled Bibles into Pakistan. We've worked with the underground church in China as well. And I've been over there and it's an interesting dynamic when you're over there, you know, when you, when you're planning a service, you're not just planning the greeters and the, you know, the offering and the music you're planning. Okay. If we're raided, here's the exit that we're going to take. And where are we going to go? It's, it's a a totally different way of thinking when you understand that you're under assault. And I think the persecuted church isn't under any more assault than the American church is, or the church over in Europe, it's just a different kind of assault. Uh, So in Pakistan, there's kind of an overt, violent extremism that they're watching out for. In China, there's more of a sophisticated digital um, uh, spying as to how they have to function. And then in Europe, as well as in the West, uh, we have something entirely different, a, a spiritual attack, an attack against um, the the thought of being Christian or standing for truth. So when we talk about opening these prayer portals, I begin to go into strategies of, we all know, generally speaking, that worship is essential, that yeah. we must invoke the presence of God in order to see the glory of God manifested in our lives, but we don't really know how to do that. So in the book, I go through how to invoke the presence of God one of the ways you can do, if I can give your viewers just real quick, uh, a few tips sure. real fast. Please do. Please do. Everybody will be hanging on to this conversation. It's like, yes, I want to know more. This is so. going to transform everything. If, you, if you've if you even struggled, you know, spending 30 minutes in prayer or an hour in prayer, you know, Jesus said, could you not tarry with me one hour? This will change everything. I want you to find five characteristics of God that matter to you and that you have a testimony that connects to. So five things. So if you say that that he is my healer, okay, why is he your healer? What testimony, what miracle uh, is associated with that in your life? And what scripture? Get two scriptures that associate with that and write them down. You do that over five things. And then you take that piece of paper and you get before God and you say, Father, I thank you that you are my healer because you delivered me from this and you begin to recount the story before the Lord. And you say, your word says, and Isaiah 53 and verse five, by his stripes, I'm, and you lay out that verse of scripture. By the time you get through five testimonies, the presence of God is going to be so strong around you that anything, you don't even need to say anything because whatever is wrong in your life is going to start being made right in your life, in the presence of God. But most people just kind of hope and wish and they go before the presence of God and they try to pray and they can't think of what to pray because they think it's not spiritual to write something down. No, write it down. Write down those five things. Write down those five testimonies and write down those five to ten verses. And by the time you get through them, I'm telling you, the presence of God will be so thick and so strong, victory will be inevitable. 
Oh my gosh, that's profound. Yeah. And it's honestly, when you speak, Alan, there's so much authority because of what you've walked through, what you've seen and the depth of relationship that you have with Jesus. It's like you can feel it in you, the absoluteness yeah. of your confidence in who he is. And you have divine perspective regarding evil that, you know, the realm of darkness yes. is defeated. We are implementing the rule of Golgotha, the victory of Jesus at the cross, you know, and, 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 um, it's, I don't know. It's just very, very comforting listening to you. It's very empowering. It's very comforting because I know you've seen real suffering, you know, and you've, yes. and you have perspective. You really do have perspective. You've seen the Lord come through over and over mm -hmm. and over and reign victorious in all these situations and you partnering with him in the restoration of all things and the redemption and bringing forth the kingdom. And it's, you're living the real gospel, yeah. you know, and it's, and, um, and we're all, there's the hunger around the world at the moment the the oppression and yet the hunger both at the same time you know that we want more right we want authentic christianity we're done with religion it doesn't yes. work <laughs> yes. we need jesus we need jesus and we need the keys that that provide that uh, real experience for us and freedom is never granted voluntarily by the oppressor it no. must be demanded by the oppressed and Oof, there comes a moment when we get so sick and tired of the bondage you know, we get tired of living with the withered hand. We get tired of living with the schism in our home or the, the pain in our bodies. And we want to see the glory of God, not even for our own personal advancement, but so that God can be pleased and so that he can be glorified and the name of Jesus can be lifted up. So many people want a revival yeah. so they can return to the recliner and live a comfortable life, or they want to be healed so they don't have to uh, struggle anymore or do anything for the kingdom. No, you're going to get healed so you can do some work. So you can do some fight. And, and the moment your, your need aligns with his, the moment your desire aligns with his vision, we'll see things begin to transition. But I hope this book opens mm -hmm. people's eyes and gives them some strategies uh, yeah. to, to get victory over yeah. every unfruitful work of darkness in their life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, it will. Absolutely, I mean, I am. I mean, I've been so empowered reading it. I mean, we only have a few minutes left. I mean, I've just got started. <laughs> to do part two, but oh, Alan, can I ask you to pray for people? Just yes. whatever is in your spirit. It's just, yeah, we would really yes. appreciate that. Well, there's a there's a vision in the book by Tommy Hicks in the in the end that's worth the entire book, where he lays out the end time revival of a great giant that arises. A sleeping giant awakens. And I want to pray right now that the sleeping giant would awaken in every heart and every home that's listening right now. So if you're watching this online, you're listening to this, just lift your hands and begin to worship the King of Kings and Lord of Lords who will lead you to conquer, who has empowered you to win. Father, in the name of Jesus, I stand in agreement with every home represented right now. And we know that your will for them is absolute and total victory. I bind every work of the enemy that's come against them, every attacking, retaliatory, tormenting, and discouraging spirit. I command it to be silenced now in the name of Jesus. And I speak peace into their hearts, rest into their homes, and victory into their minds. Let defeat be surgically extracted from their spirits so they don't even know the meaning of the word defeat, and let the victory that you've provided for them manifest as they dive into this revelation. In Jesus' mighty name, hallelujah. Oof, hallelujah. Wow. Just worship him and receive that now. Amen. Oof. Wow. Wow. Hallelujah. We agree. We agree. We agree. <laughs> My 
gosh, the presence of Holy Spirit is so strong. Receive your freedom. Receive your freedom. We are people of faith. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. That is the privilege of new creation experience. Remember, Jesus is within you. He is closer than your breath. The one who created all things, the Alpha and Omega, is within you by his spirit right now. He is your source of power and strength. You are not defeated. You are an overcomer. It's part of your identity. It's the privilege of the victory of the cross. The enemy's a liar, and he's tried to convince us in this hour that we are weak and we are impotent and we are not. We are rising strong now in Christ and all deception and all sensation of separateness, all the lies of the enemy are dropping away. So we agree that you are going to experience serious transformation, victory and freedom in your life today. Oh my gosh. Amen. 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 We agree. We agree. Okay. Armed for Victory is the name of Alan's book. Please you know, jump on and get it. All the information will be on the links below the show. But have the most amazing week, guys. And Alan, thank you so much oh, for giving us your precious time. Thank you so much. Such a joy talking to you. You're an inspiration. Have an amazing week, guys. Look forward to being with you again next week. God bless. Hi, if you really enjoyed today's show and you want to go deeper with Jesus and experience his love and his presence more than you ever have, then I have a present for you, a free gift. If you want to jump over to experiencinggodslove.com and just click on and sign up, then you will receive one of my teaching videos that I have created especially for you that will not only give you a few keys just very, very quickly that you can uh, utilize in your daily walk with the Lord, um, but also I'm going to take you there as well. So it's an activation. So yeah, so jump over to experiencinggodslove.com and you are going to be so blessed.